This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Radio Live. I'm Jacques Daniel here with Sister Sarah Cowell, SCTJM. And we are enjoying this lovely morning on the radio, having some amazing guests. We were talking uh, just this morning with uh, Joe Eschmeyer from uh, Catholic Answers. And uh, and just to, because I, I flubbed it, and I want to make sure nobody is mistaken <laughs> on how to find the Real Presence Radio Banquet, uh, if you either go ra- realpresenceradio.com forward slash banquets with an S, or if you go to the homepage and uh, go under news, go to upcoming RPR events, and there's a, a little sidebar there for Real Presence Radio Banquets. Click on that. You'll see all the upcoming banquets. There's more than one, uh, but um, th- those are all listed there. You can click on any of them and register today to uh, to see some amazing keynote speakers to have a good time um, to be encouraged in, uh, in your faith and to support Real Presence Radio. So we're thankful for Real Presence Radio. Had some beautiful conversations this morning, and we're about to keep moving on with that. So we have uh, with us a new guest, Michael Polly. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Jacques. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And so I think maybe listeners have heard of you and heard from you before, but maybe just introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you're up to, and uh, we'll go from there. Sure. Well, I serve as Executive Director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, which is the public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of South Dakota. Uh, so, uh, you know, one way to, I guess, characterize what I do is that um, I'm like the ambassador uh, of the church in South Dakota in the public square. Uh, and one of the things that uh, comes attached to that job is that when the legislature is in session, um, I get to relocate to Pierre, uh, I live in Rapid City. That's where um, my wife and our two children live. But uh, during January, February, and March, I get to spend a lot of quality time uh, in our state capital here in Pierre. Yes, and we're missing you here, Michael. You're usually with us here in the Chancery at, at Rapid City, but now you're over in Pierre during the legislative session. Um, yes, my, my office is just collecting a lot of dust. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to seeing your face again when you're done. Um, how how long, though, have you been out in the legislative session, um, and when does it end? Well, it's actually, we're, we're in the very beginning stages. Uh, the legislature convened last week on January 9th, um, and yesterday they, they weren't in session. So uh, this is actually only day five of the legislature. Um, and usually this is, you know, this early in the session, there, there hasn't been a lot of uh, you know, action on bills, but this year is an exception. We actually have a bill uh, that has uh, been endorsed by the South Dakota Catholic bishops that is on the floor of the Senate today. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I can just share a little bit about that, it's uh, Senate Bill 72. Uh, this is the very first bill that the Catholic Conference has taken a position on during this session. And what it does is it uh, increases 
um, the funding for a program called uh, the South Dakota Partners in Education. And this is a really unique program, um, you know, not to get too deep into the weeds, but back in 2016, the legislature created this program where insurance companies that owe taxes to the state could choose to make a donation to what's called a scholarship granting organization um, that would uh, give scholarships to students from low-income families to help them afford non-public education if that's the choice that parents think you know works best for their child. Um, so the program started off small and has been gradually growing over the years um, and and currently the program is capped at a level of $3.5 million. So what that means is that insurance companies can give up to $3.5 million to the program and then get a tax credit, um, you know, to write off mm-hmm. the amount of taxes that they would otherwise owe to the state. So uh, to make a short story long, as I'm doing, um, <laughs> this bill that's uh, before the Senate today raises that tax credit ceiling from 3.5 to $5 million. Now, some of your listeners are probably saying, wow, that, that's really abstract numbers. What does it all mean? Well, what it means is that um, this program has helped thousands of young people um, be able to afford um, a, a good quality education. And a lot of those students um, choose to go to our Catholic schools. So this is a really big bill, very important um, mm-hmm. for helping our Catholic schools uh, be able to serve as many people as possible. And so an extra $1.5 million uh, may not sound like much, um, but it's going to benefit a lot of families. So I know I know the listening audience is in many different states, I believe, but mm-hmm. if you are a registered voter in South Dakota, um, I, I, you want to you want to do a little uh, corporal work of mercy <laughs> today? Then uh, one thing you can do is get on the phone or send an email really quick to your state senator. If you don't know who your state senator is, uh, you can go visit the South Dakota legislative website at sdlegislature.gov. That's sdlegislature.gov. There's a there's a tool there called Find My Legislators and you can find out who your senator is and uh, uh, send them a message. The, uh, the Senate goes into session today at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Time, and uh, this bill is on the calendar, so it will be debated this afternoon, and we're hoping for a good outcome. Wonderful. We'll be praying for that in a special way today, then. Gives us a good yeah. prayer intention. Do you have a sense that uh, people are in support of this, or what is... Maybe you can't say, but what, what do you? Well, what is your feeling about the you know, support on the bill? Yeah, in in politics, we have that phrase that it's so overused, but but I'll just say it anyway. I'm cautiously <laughs> optimistic, you know, uh, mm-hmm. which is to say, you know, we're taking nothing for granted. There there was a similar bill on the floor two years ago in the legislature that that raised the program to its current level of of three point five million dollars, uh, and that one passed by pretty broad margins in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful based upon the outcome last time that we'll have the support for it. But you can never take anything for granted because um, even though this money doesn't, um, 
it, it's not an appropriation from the state. The, the money that funds this program never actually reaches the state budget. It, it comes from voluntary contributions from mm-hmm. these insurance companies. But it does affect the overall state budget because the state is basically, you know, waiving taxes that it would otherwise receive. So mm-hmm. um, the question is, for legislators, they may look at it and say, well, I'd rather collect that $1.5 million in extra revenue and spend it on something else that they want. So as with all things, it's a question of priorities, um, but we think that supporting parents uh, and their uh, difficult job of discerning the best uh, schooling environment for their children, we, we think that that's, uh, that ought to be a high priority for all legislators. Now, Michael, do programs, similar programs like this exist in many other states, is that correct? Oh, yes, or- yes, very, very much so. And in fact, um, you know, many states like Arizona and West Virginia and now Iowa uh, have passed uh, what we call near-universal school choice programs, mm-hmm. which is to say that, that parents of all income levels uh, receive, um, you know, uh, funding where they can, they can choose to send their child to a non-public school. The program in South Dakota is more limited mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's based only it, it it only serves families that meet certain uh income criteria so it's it's more targeted towards families of modest means so it's what i would call a uh, uh, kind of a micro school choice program mm-hmm. um not not nearly as extensive as what we're seeing in other states however uh we do think that there is likely going to be a bill introduced in this session that would bring a universal school choice program to South Dakota. Candidly, I, I don't believe that the votes are there right now to pass it, mm-hmm. um, but, I, but I do think it's a debate that a lot of legislators want to have and, um, and certainly something the Catholic Church has long supported the concept that parents have the fundamental uh, responsibility um, to be the ones to direct their child's education and uh, and that the, the and that there should be a financial um, recognition you know uh, to that choice mm-hmm. so so we are hopeful um, that we'll see a broader school choice bill brought forward well we encourage our listeners today to pray for that bill they're going to be discussing it and voting on it today Michael yes yes okay it'll be on the Senate floor today so. Senate bill 72 and contact 72. your contact your senators mm-hmm. encourage them to support encourage the bill encourage them to support it so i just happen to um you know as uh, the director of communications for the diocese i happen to see the west river catholic um drafts as they uh, as we were working on them and they are going they're at the printer right and they're physically being printed right now and they'll start to be distributed to people in the next day or so uh, but i noticed in the in the paper you have um, a little section on upcoming bills, and so I see on your website the Senate Bill seventy two is the is the one that I can see. But there are there some other bills that are coming up. Tell us more about some other things that you're keeping your eye on. Maybe yeah, just sure. give us a preview, and we're going to take a little break. But you bet, you bet. Well, I, I think we're we're going to see some bills uh, addressing the topic of marijuana. I mean, that's a, I, I I sometimes feel like people are weary of hearing about that issue. You know, can, can we talk about something else other than marijuana? But uh, for better for worse, um, it's an issue that is uh, before us. And so there's a couple of bills about marijuana that we're taking a, a hard look at. Um, 
And then also uh, gambling is another issue that is sort of a perennial here. And so uh, we can maybe touch on those a little bit later in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a break and then uh, we'll join. We'll come back with Michael and talk some more about uh, those topics and an upcoming event that uh, Michael and his wife Camille are part of for here for the Diocese of Rapid City. So if you are uh, listening right now, you're going to have an opportunity. You've got a couple of minutes to uh, refill your cup of coffee and join us uh, for more Real Presence Live Radio. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Belief in the Personal God. This saying, I believe, is a conscious act of the self an act in which the will and the understanding, the teaching and the guidance I have been given are all cooperatively involved. This act comprehends the trusting or, if you like, reaching out, transcending our own limits, turning toward God. And this act is not just a matter of relating to some higher power or other, but to the God who knows me and who speaks to me. In that sense, he is someone who can speak and who can listen. That, I think, is what is essential about God. Nature can be marvelous. The starry heaven is stupendous. But my reaction to that remains no more than an impersonal wonder because that, in the end, means that I am myself no more than a tiny part of an enormous machine. The real God, however, is more than that. He is not just nature, but the one who came before it and who sustains it. And the whole of God, so faith tells us, is the act of relating. That is what we mean when we say that he is a trinity, that he is threefold. Because he is in himself a complex of relationships, he can also make other beings who are grounded in relationships and who may relate to him because he has related them to himself. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Jacques Daniel, here with... Sister Sarah Cowell, SCTJM. We've been chatting with uh, Michael Pauly from the South Dakota Catholic Conference this morning, talking about a little bit about the legislative session, and and, uh, we talked about a particular bill that's happening... Today. Discussing today, so... Um, if you didn't catch that, come listen to it again, or you can visit the South Dakota Catholic SD Catholic org website, and uh, there's a little button there for the 2024 legislative session, and mm-hmm. you can read more about that bill and an encouragement to contact your senators and and uh, enter into the the public uh, debate here. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, bring our faith into in into the public square. 
Michael, welcome back. Good to be back with you. We just touched briefly before the break on uh, a couple other um, topics, themes that are going to be coming this legislative session. I don't know if we want to revisit that, but um, you mentioned marijuana, some bills uh, regarding marijuana and some bills regarding gambling. What, what are you keeping your eye on? Yeah, well, on the, on the topic of marijuana, uh, as many listeners know, the, there was a ballot measure that was passed uh, back in 2020 that legalized marijuana uh, for the use of medical purposes. Um, and this may confuse some listeners because uh, in 2022, there was another ballot measure that sought to legalize recreational marijuana, and that thankfully was defeated. That was something that the Catholic Conference uh, uh, urged folks to uh, vote against, and thankfully that was defeated. But uh, the use of marijuana for medical purposes remains legal in South Dakota. However, there's a lot of debate about um, basically abuses in the program. Um, and you know, just as an, an example of, uh, you know, where certain church leaders have come down on this, uh, Archbishop Aquila in Denver uh, issued a pastoral letter on drugs very recently, and in, in discussing the issue of medical marijuana, I'm just going to read a little couple of sentences from his pastor letter. Yeah. He says this, as, as far as medical marijuana is genuinely effective, it should be treated like any other medication. This means, first, that there should be limits on how much is consumed daily. Even mild pain relievers like acetaminophen cap the number of pills one should take in 24 hours. Likewise, any doctor recommending medical marijuana should set a daily dosage limit. Self-dosing opens the door to abuse and addiction. Um, and then the Archbishop goes on to talk about some other common-sense limits. Uh, so you know what the catholic bishops of south dakota have said is pretty much the same thing which is to say look the question of whether marijuana has any valid therapeutic uses that is a matter that is disputed okay there's very uh strong views on both sides of that and ultimately that's a question for medical science to resolve and the, and the church doesn't hold itself out to have you know unique expertise in the realm of medical science however uh to the extent that we say, okay, this does have some uh, therapeutic benefit, well, then it needs to be regulated and treated like any other drug, rather than it just being a free-for-all where, okay, you have your little medical marijuana card, and now you can just get as much marijuana as you want and use it without any kind of uh, safeguards, any kind of limitations. And so there's a couple of bills that have been introduced. The Catholic Conference has not taken on uh, taken a position on any of these bills as yet um, we were evaluating those um, but we did support a bill in the last legislative session um, that tried to uh, impose some safeguards to really try to make this more um, uh, safe for patients and, and and more protective of the common good so that's kind of where we are in marijuana uh, I you know I just uh, reiterate what you said at the outset, which is uh, it, for listeners in South Dakota, uh, you can stay up to date on where the Catholic Conference is uh, going on these issues by signing up on our email list. So if you go to sdcatholicconference.org, in the upper right-hand uh, corner of the website, you can see a little place where you can sign up to join our mailing list, um, and then you can receive alerts on, on these and other issues. Mm -hmm. 
Well, speaking of other issues, Michael, we have you. We're hosting you and your wife Camille coming up on February seventeenth for our annual social justice event here in the Diocese of Rapid City. And the title of that event is Brick by Brick, Building a Pro-Life Culture in South Dakota. Um, Could you tell us a little bit about that event uh, and what we can expect from it? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about the legislation, too, that's also um, kind of within within South Dakota right now and and with the area of pro-life and abortion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'm sure most of uh, the listeners who live in South Dakota are probably aware by now that, yeah, we do have this potential ballot measure that would write a uh, abortion into our state constitution. And uh, the people who are advocating this are collecting signatures. They have to collect just over 35,000 signatures uh, to qualify this for the ballot, and they have until May 7th uh, to do that. Um, and so this uh, upcoming seminar that you mentioned, uh, Sister Sarah, this is so crucial for our Catholic community right now uh, to become educated and to learn how to engage the culture um, and, and be witnesses uh, for protecting the dignity of human life. So at this conference, um, the first speaker is going to be Camille Polly. Um, I'm a little bit biased. I've heard her speak before. <laughs> she, you know, uh, she's my wife, and as I like to joke uh, to people, uh, you know, I, I get a lot of compliments, you know, when she speaks, and I and I always respond, yeah, I don't win many arguments at home. <laughs> <laughs> but but Camille is going to be talking about um, a, a couple of things, but uh, the, the main uh, substance is going to be what we call the Ten Universal Principles of Civilization. And these principles are really what um, uh, sustains a pro-life culture. And they're, these are principles that, while they're certainly consistent with Catholic theology and Catholic worldview, they're, they're not specifically theological. They're actually more philosophical in orientation. And, and what's nice about that is that these are principles that can be used to evangelize the culture, regardless of whether somebody has uh, any particular religious views or not. There, 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 are, princ- there are principles that uh, have a broad appeal and uh, can really be used to help um, use reason uh, to try to move people to a pro-life position. Um, so, so that's going to uh, dominate the morning, is uh, those presentations on the Ten Universal Principles. Uh, and then in the afternoon, um, the less talented speaker, that would be me, uh, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the microphone and uh, spend some time just talking about how Catholics can engage in the culture and, and how we can be effective witnesses, um, to the, uh, truth of the gospel in the public square. Uh, cause a lot of people are, um, uh, how shall I say it? They're, they're shy. They, they are nervous about engaging in politics. A lot of people even think politics is just kind of dirty. And so I, you know, I don't want to touch it. I, I want to stay away from it. But that's not what our church, um, asks us to do. Our, our church wants us to be, uh, evangelists in all, uh, dimensions of society, in our schools, in our families, um, you know, certainly in our businesses and places of work but also in uh, the public square, in, in the hallways of government. Um, the truth of the gospel must be heard, but a lot of people are just 
uh, uh, nervous and say, well, how do I do that? You know, how do I get started? So that's going to be the focus of my presentation is how we as Catholics uh, should engage in the public square. Wonderful. Well, we are really excited about that. We are super excited. And that's coming up again on February 17th. That'll be at Terra Sancta Retreat Center here in Rapid City. And you can sign up on the diocesan website. You'll see a link down on the on the homepage down there for to registration and the schedule for the day. Um, you know, Michael, you are such a good example of what you're speaking about, right? Uh, engaging in the political sphere to to really fight for truth and goodness and beauty. Um, what what brought you to where you are now today? Wow! Wow! That's uh. That's a good question. Uh, I, yeah, I think I, I, I caught the political bug at a very young age. I can remember in high school um, being very f- passionate about uh, certain issues, especially the pro-life issue. I remember once I found out about that, uh, when I learned about abortion for the first time, it triggered something in me. Um, I, I was so shocked at what I perceived to be the profound injustice of this practice and and really stumped by the fact that so many people seem to think this is not a problem, this is not a big deal. And so I, uh, I, I kind of uh, plunged into researching that and reading and then eventually got involved in debate because I thought, well, I want to try to learn how to convince people, um, you know, uh, about uh, the necessity of protecting uh, preborn life. And so, yeah, one thing led to another, but uh, I kind of was set off on a path um, to be involved in public policy. And uh, it's been uh, 30 years or so, I guess, I've been doing this. So, well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been quite a long road. and uh, But I've only been in my position with the South Dakota Catholic Conference for about a year and a half. And uh, so far, I'm loving it. I love the opportunity to serve the Church in this capacity. Um, very blessed by the fact that we've got two terrific bishops in South Dakota, uh, Bishop Newich in, in Rapid City, of course, and then also Bishop DeGrood. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just very uh, uh, happy to be able to make a difference here. Well, we're, we are, too. Yeah, we're excited that you're here, and I'm very excited about the upcoming event, February 17th, mm-hmm. 2024, Terra Sancta. Again, go to org. Right on the homepage, there's a section that has upcoming events. There's a lot of them, so you got to kind of look around. But this event has a bunch of bricks on it, and it says brick by brick, and you can click on there, register uh, for what is going to be a, a fantastic day, uh, calling all people who, who care about life and who care about our communities to, mm-hmm. to pray and to listen and to grow together and have a great conversation. So. Michael, thank you very much for joining us this morning. God bless you. We're praying for your work at the at the legislature, and uh, and we'll keep an eye on the website and our West River Catholic that's coming out today to uh, learn more about what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless God, you, Michael. God bless you. We're uh, we're gonna take a quick little break. Uh, join us. Don't go anywhere. Real Presence Live will return in just a moment. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. 
The Gospel records in Luke chapter 4 that at the beginning of his public ministry, Jesus preaches in his hometown of Nazareth and stuns, absolutely stuns, his relatives and neighbors by his authoritative preaching. The good people of Nazareth are so taken aback that they wind up trying to throw him off a cliff and stone him. Even Jesus' capacity to perform signs and wonders was limited by the suspicions and hostile expectations of Nazareth. Not much of reception from the people who should have known him best. Now think about this. If this happened to Jesus, how much more will it happen to us as we faithfully follow in his footsteps as disciples? Do not be discouraged by sarcasm, hostility, or even persecution by family and friends. The Lord will sustain you in your Christian life, even amid persecution. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Uh, I remember even during that time, and, and this was uh, during the beginning years of John Paul II's pontificate, and whenever I heard him on TV, because he was always in the news, especially with his travels in Eastern Europe, Poland and all, I, I would hear the things that would come out of his mouth and I would go, there's no way this person is not close closer to God than I am. Mm. Uh, you know. So I always had this sort of secret respect for uh, for John Paul II. Of course, I never said this to any of my <laughs> brethren friends. You, know? you wouldn't dare. No, of course not. But I, 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 I don't mean to disparage them because they taught me to love the Scripture. And interestingly enough, even though they, they do not believe in the real presence of Christ in the sacrament. They had communion every Sunday, and so they really taught me to love the Lord's Supper uh, and to love the Scriptures, and so I'm really thankful to them for that. 